Welcome to David and David on Real Estate. Join us as we explore the ins and outs of the real estate market. Good morning and welcome to the David and David on Real Estate podcast. And today we are on episode number 71. Yeah, 71. And boy, this is going to be a good one. We've got a very, very interesting guest. Haley, thank you so much for being with us today. Haley Patry, is that pronounced correctly? You did that perfectly, David. And it's such a pleasure <laughs> to be with the two of you from my home office in the house that David Gorski sold us 12 and a half years ago. Wow, time wow. flies, doesn't it? So is that your initial connection with David? Does it go back to then? It did. My husband and I dated for an entire nine weeks, and then we started looking for homes. And we met David, and we bought the second one we saw. So I think we're a pretty easy sale. He just wasn't sure the deal would go through. <laughs> well, it was uh, it was twelve years ago, and um, Haley, you know, you had a great sense of uh, energy around you from the from the first uh, moment I met you, and uh, uh, you and Jeremy, um, you know, you guys were a pleasure to work with. So. Um, I've, I, I can't say I've had another client that dated for nine weeks, but look, <laughs> here we are 12 years later, um, and, uh, yours is a fascinating story. So, um, you know, part of the reason why we kept in touch all these years and why you're on this podcast is, uh, is for that very reason. Thank you so much, David. Well, you were such a pleasure to work with, and I'm so glad you had faith in us. And I think he kept knocking on our door to make sure we were we were really together after just nine weeks. And then we had a few babies in the house and life went on. And we we appreciate you so much, David. Both both of you, thank you for having me today. Well, it's great. So back then, were you doing what you're doing now or had you already gotten into it or were you doing something else? Yeah, it's a good question. I've, I've always done coaching, David, but I was doing it part-time back then. I was doing business and franchise training for a large company at the time, doing coaching for individuals, couples, and businesses on the side. It wasn't until six years ago where I decided to do just this full-time. And uh, David sort of seen the, the twists and turns of that journey as, as we went, but it worked out perfectly. And it went exactly how it needed to go, like it always does, even if it's not fun at the time. Well, maybe we should just let our, our listeners know that you, you're currently operating under a, a business called The Lifted Lid. Yes. So maybe just explain, you know, what that is, what you do, so we understand that, and then you can go back and give us a bit of the history of getting there. Thanks, David. So I coach under three main areas, and they are your happiness, your relationships, and your success. And when we talk about your happiness, I really mean working on things that get in the way of happiness, such as depression, anxiety, addiction, trauma, grief, transition, and anything that affects your self-confidence, your self-worth. So there's a, a lot going on right now over the last few years for everyone, especially for people that were struggling before. Those struggles have been intensified. And I love to help folks get back to good and feel like they're empowered for their life. Uh, so when I'm doing that, I'm wearing the hat of a true happiness coach. And it's sort of a blend of counseling, mentoring, coaching, consulting. And the second area is couples. So I have a passion for helping couples fall in love with each other again and redesign their relationship or their marriage when it's safe and beneficial to stay together. And we just have to put a disclaimer out there that not every relationship is safe to stay in or beneficial to stay in. Uh, so when couples are meant to be together and stay together, I'll help them communicate again, decrease the tension, start connecting and have a specialty in infidelity and trauma. Um, I also like to help singles find their person, and I believe we deserve as many chances as it takes to find that one. Uh, and, and lastly, that third area is business. I love to help business owners connect their self-worth to their net worth and get out of their own way. So whatever is holding them back, if they're excellent at their craft, but not excellent with revenue, we need to figure out why. You know, is it how they speak? Is it their confidence? Is it how they market themselves and to help them design the lives, the incomes, and, and the balance that most business owners crave. There's so much there. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I love that you're passionate about helping helping couples fall in love. Um, 
I, I think that really goes hand in hand with with the whole happiness coaching as well, right? And it and it really transitions well into business, right? Sure. Your frame frame of mind is so important and is so powerful, right? And your 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 level of energy that people read from you every single day, and people are attracted to positive energy, right? Nobody wants to have a leader that's negative or um, you know, that's gaslighting things. People want to be surrounded by positivity. And especially in an industry such as yours with real estate, you know, what's the current stat, David and David? I know we were over 62,000 agents. Where are we at right now in the GTA? How many agents are there? According to the Toronto Real Estate Board, I think we're at 72,000. So if you stand in the sea of 72,000 realtors, and if you were evenly, equally excellent at the craft of real estate, you know, a potential seller or buyer, they want to work with the person that they connect with, who has integrity, who is positive, who's in a good state of emotional well-being, good state of mental health, they're taking care of their stuff. And people are drawn to somebody not just based on skill, not just based on dollars and cents, but that whole persona, that vibration that you bring with you matters. So yeah, we'll talk about how to stand out in that, in that sea of sameness, as one of my mentors calls it. Yeah, and, so, and that's that's important, right? Yeah, so you got 72,000 realtors out there. The stat they don't publish is how many happy realtors are out there. <laughs> how many flush realtors? Do you <laughs> and right now, not too many of them are happy. Like, There's a lot dealing with a lot of anxiety because of the marketplace you know, it's, it's tougher on realtors when it's a busy marketplace. Everybody's, oh, I'm too busy. I got to this, or that, you know, I always find it, it, it's way easier to be busy than to be not busy. Like from a personal standpoint, when, when my firm is really busy, when I'm personally busy, you know, in my business and I don't have time to do everything or I don't think I do, somehow you manage, you know, the busy person gets everything done. But you, you think when in that moment you're, you know, you're obviously going to be a little bit anxious about things and you're and, and stressed about things. But I always find that when things get quieter, that that's, that's a harder thing to deal with. And that's what we're going through right now. And that's what everybody in the real estate industry are going through right now, in particular, those 72,000 real estate agents. And it's like, yeah. yikes, like, how long is this going to last? So and, this, is, this should be good for your business. Sadly, sadly for the world, um, it, it is. But it's interesting because, you know, I've coached thousands of realtors over the years, spoken for many real uh, real estate conferences. And I have to say, gentlemen, the realtors that are around me every other week in my networking groups, they've been thriving. And I hear that so many people are struggling. So many folks aren't busy. It is a really hard time. But the irony is those that are dialed into coaching, those that have positive morning and evening rituals, those that are in kick butt networking groups, those that have cultivated great relationships, run uh, charitable projects in their community, those that are really known for who they are, not just when they're working in real estate, they're doing fabulously. And so there's always those people and we want to study them. What do they do differently? That when most folks are complaining, some are celebrating. And it isn't because of just what they do now. It's what they've consistently done for a long time. Yeah, I think the conversation needs to change, right? From a leadership point of view. And, you know, I, we've been saying this at, at the brokerage for, for months now, even before interest rates were starting to raise, I think, uh, David, when do we have the award ceremony at my brokerage? Uh, that was in March, I think, of uh, 2022. And, yeah, yeah, in March. And my main message to everybody was, and, and the market was still, you know, it was still very good. Like, I mean, yeah. I think we had the first interest rate announcement back then. But my message to everybody is settle in, buckle in, and prepare yourself for the massive opportunities that we're about to see. And, and the pathway is not going to be easy, but if you do all the right things and you work on your business, good things are going to happen. And, and we're seeing it on my brokerage level. I mean, we are noticing a slowdown, but the realtors that have been doing all the correct things and working on their business, not in their business, they're thriving, just like you're, uh, just like you said, Haley. 
Yeah. And it's interesting, you know, there's a few of them that stand out in my mind. And when I think about why they're shining, why they're thriving at a time when so many others are struggling, it goes far beyond how they do real estate. It's the person they are, some of the community activism they do, the fact that our networks know they care about a cause, not just about the dollars. It's the fact that they are active investors. So when their sales or representations are down, their acquisitions are up. They're talking about their property management, how they build real estate empires. When they're less busy with showings and they're less busy with bidding wars, they're putting on workshops on uh, whether to, <coughs> excuse me, whether to stay or go. Uh, how to differentiate between a cash investment and real estate. So they do other things that aren't transactional in the lulls. And they and it's really fascinating to me to watch how some people go into hibernation mode and others say, great, I'm less busy. I can do all these other things. And then when the market's ready, they'll have all of that you know, pipeline of people to service then. It's like farming. You can't go to the apple tree when you want an apple if you haven't planted one. You have to plant it, take care of it, and do all the right things so that when you're going to be hungry for apples, there'll be a tree that's healthy enough to bear fruit. You know, that's a great message. And, and the market is always changing. We know That's the one certainty about the market. Yeah. There, there, it goes up, it goes down, it goes sideways. We get into different markets. And that's something we discuss on, on here a lot of times with people because you have to be prepared for anything. You can't say, okay, this is what we're in now. And then maybe this is going to last for the next five months or five years. Like who knows? Nobody has that crystal ball. So you got to take advantage of the market you're in and look for the next market when you don't even know you're in it sometimes until you're in the middle of it. But there's always opportunities. And the right? pivot, you know, pivot was a really hot word at the beginning of the pandemic, but the pivot, it's a little bit like setting goals. We can't just do tomorrow's goals. And we can't just do the 10 year long range. Same thing with the pivot. We've got to pivot to adjust for today, this week, this month, this season, this quarter, this temperament in the market. We also have to be planning for what we know about the future. But there's so much that we don't know. And that's where we really have to, as you say, capitalize on what's going on right in front of us and adjust. You know, stay, stay with what are the appropriate adjustments as we go. And it has been a challenge the last three years, not just for realtors, but any commission-based uh, self-employed person to plan for their earnings, their projections. Are they going to do more online or in person? It's tough to plan those things. So as you said earlier, David Gorski, we have to be willing to sort of get quick on our feet and do what we need to do when 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 the time is right. And I think mindset, mental health, and mentor credibility has a lot to do with it. And mentor credibility is someone was watching your life on candid camera. Would they still like you, trust you, and want to work with you? Mm. How you treat the people you care about, how you treat your body, your relationship with substances, how you look after your mental health, how you handle the clock and scheduling, um, your daily rituals and habits the way you speak when no one's watching, would we still have mentor credibility if we were on candid camera? And that makes a difference for who's doing well right now and who isn't. Someone who is consistently integrous in all the parts of their life, they weather storms better than folks who put on a, a nice face at work and come home and don't have that same nice face on. Yeah, and, and people can, can read that and sense that from you, right? I think it goes to your energy. I think it goes to your confidence and, and people pick up on it. You know, people know who the uh, re integrous realtors are and, and who, um, you know, are not so uh, driven by integrity, right? Um, and it goes to your confidence at a very core level and people read that energy off of you. And I think also our realness and vulnerability, you know, over the last few years, there's been a bit of an equalizer, which is that most people have struggled in some way for some time or know a person that has. And so this feeling that some people are okay and some people aren't, that's gone away over the last few years in that we, we know most people go through challenges. Uh, but part of how we can connect better, and this translates to business, is that vulnerability to share what a, a person is going through in their family, what they are overcoming, what challenges they had to overstep today in order to come to work and take care of their clients. People have a lot of respect for the overcoming of struggle and less respect for pretending you're fine when you're not fine. 
And I think vulnerabilities become more attractive over the last few years than it was before. Why do you think that is, Haley? And I, I completely agree with you. I think it, it goes to the whole scarcity versus abundance mind frame. We're seeing so much of that, right? And that vulnerability is really tying into that as well. But why do you think that trend is emerging? People feel better about themselves when they feel like you understand them and that there's a piece of you that connects to a piece of them. The opposite is when we look on social media and we see just the photo op moments, we see the highlight reel of someone's life and we think they eat healthier, have better marriages, make more money, have cleaner houses, drive nicer cars. That is not motivating for most prospective clients to say, oh, I really like you, you get me. That has people feel far away from you, feels like your success is unattainable and that maybe you're out of their league or they're out of your league. But when we show a little bit of our humanity, and I'll give you an example of my humanity. My husband and I have been together for almost 13 years, and we raise three kids, all who have some significant special needs. And what we overcome in our life looks like not booking a babysitter, looks like booking two respite workers, looks like having a van for special needs kiddo come pick up our son in the morning and take him to school and hope he makes it through the day. It looks like doing 15 or 20 hours a week of therapies so that our family can thrive and reinventing our marriage to stay solid through those times. So when people know that you come to work with a smile and you care and you go the extra mile and you go through things like that, there's this human humanity connection that says, wow, you have an imperfect life too, and yet you still show up. Maybe I can still show up. And that realness helps people to connect. It helps people say, wow, I have a brother with special needs or, oh my goodness, I didn't know you went through that. Thank you so much for taking me out on showings today, despite everything you're going through at home. People also value your time more when they know your time is precious because you are maybe caring for an elder parent. Maybe you're going through cancer, God forbid. Maybe you're dealing with sick kids or a separation. And so these little nuggets that we can tell people that say, I'm a real person too. I'm going to take great care of you because I value people and my time matters. So when I'm with you, take it seriously. That helps us to connect better. And vulnerability, I think vulnerability is a sexy word. It used to mean for many people, weakness. Yes. Probably the three of us grew up in a time where we were told by our parents, don't air our dirty laundry. Yes. You know, put for on sure. a brave face. Dust yourself off, pick yourself. No one needs to know our problems, but we're in a very different time right now where people who are struggling want to know that if you've overcome it, they can too. And this is important with brokers and agents, not just with agents and clients. It's this showing of wearing our hearts on our sleeve a little bit more. Yeah, I think you see that so much more in, in more recent years in society, like as soon as anybody said, you know, like, like you, you mentioned cancer, or just to use an example, as soon as anybody I know says, you know, I've got this disease or I've, or, it's amazing how many people get referred to, oh, I, you know, I, we know this person had that, we know this person that had that, you should talk to this person, they've been through it. And, and people are just there to help out and connect you know, with what, whatever it is, or, you know, whether it's anxiety or depression, as soon as someone is prepared to say, I'm struggling with this or something, it's the answer they often get back from the other. Oh yeah, me too. And this is who I'm seeing, or this is the help I got, or my husband did this, or my, my sister did that. Right. You just said it, the best thing, David, you said, and this is the help I got. It's right. not until we're brave in our storytelling and our sharing that somebody else can share a resource that's life-changing in a good way. And the moment you say it and they say me too, here's a doctor that could help. Here's a book that could help. Here's a podcast that could help. Right. Here's a person going through something similar. It's really beautiful. And I, I believe how this all translates to work. Clients want to work with someone who of course knows what they do. Of course provides great customer service of course is going to get, you know, the best deal possible. That's a given, but that doesn't make you special. They want to work with somebody who gets them as a person, will take incredible care of them, who takes incredible care of themselves, who is high integrity, a joy to work with, and a real person on and off the clock, a good high integrity person. And I think that's starting to show up more over the last few years is who you are when you're not working is mattering more when people decide whether they want to buy from you when you are working. Because we want to know, you know, we, we, we want to know, do you, one of my mentors said, you can't be excellent at work and go home and beat your spouse and kick the dog and think it's going to work out. 
We just have to be solid through and through. And solid doesn't mean perfect. Solid doesn't mean we can't be going through challenges. But if we have a challenge, physical or emotional, we do all that we can to improve it and support it. Well, interesting, you know, and, and, I, and I listen to everything you're saying. And, and as you speak, I'm thinking, am I, I'm, I'm internalizing, am I doing the right thing? How am I looking at life? But, you know, for me, you know, life is is relatively simple. Like I give myself pretty much the same message every day. You know, my goal is to be as professional as I can in my in my job as a as a lawyer to get through everything I got to do and and deal with stuff as fast as I can and as and as professionally as I can during the day because my real goal is to get home and to spend time with my wife and my my kids and my grandkids and that's that's my goal every day like get through it have some time to get back to my real life you know the life that I really want to be spending time with so yeah I might have to do eight or ten or twelve or fourteen hours of this first but that's where I want to be so that's the way I look at things you know and you sort of assume everybody else does that too but I don't think they do well you said one of my favorite concepts David you said goals uh, and I have a, a challenge for you and David G and your listeners and that is for 2023 let's take anything we attach the word goal to and let's rewrite it into a promise so if we're talking about real estate, if someone says, well, I have a goal to bring in $10,000 a month in commission additionally this year. You know, I want to bring in an extra 120. What can we promise for about that? We can't promise for 120K. We can promise for how many outreaches will we do? How many doors will we knock? How many networking events will we attend? How many workshops will we host? You know, how many uh, coaching hours will we enroll in? How many books will we read? And it's so interesting when we distinguish goals from promises, that's where life really changes because if we have a goal to do it, it's also a little bit okay if it doesn't happen. But when we promise for it, changes the energy completely. So I love your goal, David. In my house, however, with some of the special needs that we're dealing with, I have a promise to meet the little guy at his bus at 320, not a goal. I have a promise to finish with clients at three so I can do my paperwork before getting out there. And it's it's interesting. Uh, what do you think about the word promise over goal? Love it. Yeah, I, I think it's great. You know, And I sort of try and meet those goals by promising because I will put things in my calendar to schedule to make sure you know, that I'm available some days early, some days, you know, it's, you know I'm going to go, uh, you know, pick up my one of my grandsons at his daycare at a certain time. So I'm scheduling my whole day around that to make sure that I'm going to be there for that. You know, yeah. little things like that, or we're going out for dinner and make sure my day's got to end at this time because we're going to see our friends or things like that. So you know, I do that by scheduling. And, and if I have to get my work done by getting up earlier or, or getting back to work after we get home from dinner at 11 o'clock at night, I'll, I'll do that. But I'm not going to miss those, I guess I'll call them now promises yeah. to myself that your, your life has to be your life, not your, your work. You know, and by being successful, work makes life a little easier. Yeah. But and it's such a key for agents that are experiencing success right now or feeling, you know, like they're championing their career and others that are feeling frustrated, a victim of the economy and not successful. The, a, a key difference is those who make promises. So an agent that has a goal of I want to do this many sales, I want to have this many listings, want to have this many open houses, those goals, it's it's a wish I want that to happen. But the agents that make a promise for it, they take those goals, they reverse engineer them, just like you said you do for your day, they work it backwards, and they figure out based on my batting average, how many of each activity do I need to do? So I can promise for particular outcomes. And we can't so much promise for the outcomes. We can promise for our output. What we will do about it, that we can schedule, that we can promise. And the agents that do that consistently, they are wildly more successful than those that say, I hope to attract this many buyers this month. You know, I really hope it happens. It's my goal. That's my projection. Well, what are you doing about that? I'm not sure. <laughs> Haley. Um... I at the brokerage, we, we see such a big emotional shift 
between agents doing transactions and agents not doing transactions, right? Um, when you do a deal, you know, you're on the biggest high. You're, you're happy, your clients, you know, bought a house, uh, you did a great job for them. The emotional roller coaster of actually doing a deal is, is exceptional because, you know, you get lost in all those emotions that you're also sharing with your clients. But after a couple of weeks, those emotions diminish. And what happens is your relationship with your clients, even though you try to uphold it, it changes, right? Because yes. you're no yes. longer seeing each other every day. You're no longer calling each other every day. And even though you're making an attempt to stay in touch, you know, that relationship changes when, uh, you know, your, 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 your relationship is kind of terminated and, and yeah, and, like the height and, of the transaction, the and height the, of the, the transaction necessitated right? time is ended. And we see realtors kind of struggling with those emotions because you form these strong bonds. And then no matter how hard you work, those bonds are not the same. They're still there, but they change, right? How do you deal with that emotional roller coaster? It's such a great question. And it, and it sounds like parts of it are about the relationships and the social aspect. I think the other part is also the confidence around your money making. And so my first suggestion is when we have a win, so we've made a great sale, right before you celebrate it, because I want you to celebrate it, right before you celebrate it, journal what it took to create it. If we believe that our success is a strike of luck, then we cannot recreate it. And when we have highs, we need to learn from them just as much as we need to learn from our lows. So the first step would be when you've sold something and you're excited and you know the adrenaline's flowing, take some time to write out, work it backwards and why. How did you meet that client? Who connected you to them? Was it signage? Was it a relationship? Was it a daily habit you have? Why did you win this client over? Why did that deal go through? How were you being with your fitness and nutrition and mental health at the time? Really look like a, through a magnifying glass because you want to leave these as breadcrumbs for yourself when you're not doing so well so that you can go back and repeat the process because it isn't just luck. Um, so that's the first step is diarize why you've had this wind. Second step, celebrate it. And the third step, decide the rhythm you want to keep in touch with that client. So if the relationship was really enjoyable and meaningful, and if it was a you know a juicy relationship, then then say, I want to have a quarterly breakfast with you. You were one of my favorite people to work with. That's the truth. I want to keep in touch. And we don't have to talk about real estate. We've already done the real estate. I just really value my time with you. You can also look at the seasons of when you're busy and when you're not and plan your socials or your charitable events in those downtimes and invite those cherished clients. For example, I have a good friend who's a realtor and she rents out a skating arena and she invites all her clients and their kids to come out and have a free skate, build gingerbread houses and have hot chocolate. And so that's a way that she knows she's gonna see all her favorite people in the winter. She does something else in the summer around a garage sale that's going all to homeless shelters. And so we can choose to keep in touch if, if it's meaningful. But David, I think the bigger piece is how do we handle the emotional crash when we're yeah. not in rapid sales mode? And the first thing to do is if you've left yourself breadcrumbs from when you're winning on how and why and what you're doing, when we're not doing well, if we check in with our habits, they are off. Surely when we're not doing well, we're also not doing some of the things that we did when we were doing well. So resume them ASAP. It's very important. And when we're in the low, we can decide, are we making a little bit of a reinvention? Are we making a pivot? Or can we come out and just repeat what used to work for us? When we're in the low, it's also inhuman not to be upset. But we have to choose how long are we going to let the upset affect us? So if you're having a tough month, do you want to be under the covers and languishing for a month? No, but maybe you need two days to recoup. And we all need some unfunk ourselves. So F-U-N-K, we all need some unfunking rituals. When you feel you're in the low, what can you do to pull yourself back up? And it can be simple stuff. You know, I have a, a little ritual, it takes me five minutes. And if I'm not feeling the energy and I've got to do important work, I do a few little things that get me back in the groove so I can have that you know, flow or, or mojo for work. So David, is there a story? Is there somebody 
are you watching this happen a lot where you're seeing people get into a dangerous low? What, what are you observing in the brokerage? Um, I, I mean, you know, I have, I have close relationships with all the agents. There's one agent in particular that um, has been in a, in a really bad low for a prolonged period of time, and I'm trying to get him out of it. But it's it's been it's been harder than um, than than I, I thought it would be. So um, you know we, we see this happening um, from time to time, and I think as a as a leader, it's my job to you know pay attention and and to be there for my people. There's three three buckets, David, that I would encourage the the agents to put their challenges into. What can you control? What can you influence? And what can you only accept or work around or work with? And when we're in a low, often it's because we've put too much weight on areas of our life that we can only influence if we're, if we're fortunate or accept. And we're not doing enough about the things that we can control. So one of the first steps to get out of a low is to distinguish for ourselves, hey, there are some things I can't control. COVID, the economy, the weather, what time the sun goes down, how my mother's feeling. You know, there are always going to be things we can't control. If that makes up most of our day, we're going to enter a circumstantial depression and we're also going to be in a funk for our business. So we've got to shift gears to say, what of it can I control? And for the things that we can control, those are the coaching and mentoring conversations to have. What can I do about it that nothing and no one else can affect? I can bring myself out from this business funk and to seek out other agents in the office to say, can I not just pick your brain over lunch? Can I actually buy five hours of your time? I want to learn from you. I'm not doing well. You're doing well. What am I missing? And most people don't have those conversations when they're in a funk, the funk goes down. The very first seed of getting out of a lull or a funk is wanting to and being willing to. Right. And noticing what are the gaps? Is it a confidence gap? Is it a skill gap? Is it a knowledge gap? Those are three different things. If you have a confidence gap, you work with somebody like me. If you have a skill gap, you work with your broker, you work with a trainer, you work with a real estate specific uh, sales coach. But if it's a knowledge gap, maybe you go back to your course manuals helps with the confidence. So we look at what can, we can control, influence or accept. And then we figure out what the gap is. Is it knowledge? Is it competence? Is it skill? And we train for the gap. Those are just some things that can help. Well, I, I think um, part of what you're what you do is make sure people know there are there are ways, there are methods, there are techniques, there are opportunities. And I could just tell you some some recent observations that that I've gone through. In the last week, I've attended three different um brokerage events i don't like to always call them christmas events it's holiday yeah. season events festivus christmaca something of lights festivus <laughs> for the rest of us right really nice really nice events and david's brokerage sutton summit uh realty located in streetsville there's your commercial um you know was one of them but mm-hmm. I, I have an opportunity there you know just to talk to a lot of different agents. And this is all in the last week. So everybody's going through the same. This is, you know, my recent survey of it. And you, you talk to some agents and, you know, how are things going? And and, and it's just like a, a woe is me response. Oh, the market is down. I got not, so I'm doing nothing because the market, it's all about the market. If the market's good, then they get some business. The market's down, they're sitting at home waiting for the market to change. And then you talk to other agents they said, "Oh, we're we're trying this. We're looking into doing that. We're we're doing this course. We're trying to." Do and, and guess who's the more successful real estate agent? Yeah, the innovative, creative, the brave, the willing, and and those are the ones that they're peering through the veil of 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 struggle of what's going on economically. They're always peeling through the veil, leaning forward to say, "Not just what's next. What can I cause to be next?" What can I create? What can we try? They never give up looking for a positive spin, a, po- a positive pivot. And it's so interesting, David. What what were the numbers like when, when you made that observation? How small was the camp that was positive and how big was the camp that was languishing? Well, I, I know I, those statistics as well, Dave. Yeah. yeah. Well, I can tell you one of the, the places I was at, you know, it was a very large brokerage. And the broker of record, when he was making his remarks, 
you know, he talked about the economy as a whole and the real estate market as a whole. And he said, you know, it's basically down 37%. The transactions are down. You know, you know David, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but it's something like that. You know, he said the, the overall market's been down about 30, 37% less transactions this year. So he said, so that's sort of the, the bad news. That's what we're dealing with. He says, the good news across our brokerage, we're down about 22% this year. So they, he looked at it as like it's such a win, like congratulations, everybody. Like we're 15% ahead of everybody else, right? So we're winning, right? We're doing good. We're doing things the right way. We're helping you out and you guys are doing, you're taking great initiative. And I thought that was a, a great response. And, and I look at it that way in my law firm too. And I, and I met with my, my partner the other day to discuss it. Like we're always talking about how can we find a way to grab more than our market share, because we're just waiting for our market share, who knows how long we're going to be waiting. But and, and generally, projects that aren't business related, but sort of are. So when we're in an off season from any sport, from any industry, from any economy, what a great time to hire a trainer. What a great time to work with a physiotherapist and finally deal with the injuries. What a great time to start a cleanse or clean up your health or shift your sleep and wake routine or reinvent your marriage renovate your house, get your rental unit set up. You know, we can't do some of the off-time projects when we're busier than our schedule can handle. So a downtime does create an opportunity to say, how can I be in my very best form in every nook and cranny of my life? So when I'm called upon to be very busy again, when that demand is naturally there, oh, I'm good. I'm ready. I'm energized. I'm healthy. I'm vital all those projects, clean the drawers, declutter the closets, repair relationships, those things take time. Time we don't have when you're up till midnight with competing offers and uh, you know, needing to hire staff just to get you through the week. And so I think the positive, the winners, the champions in a, in a, a down market are those that say, this is just extra time to prepare for the next upturn and not wait for it, help to cause it. And so I'm glad that you noticed that at, at, at the party. Uh, David G, what are, you, what are you seeing amongst those statistics? Like how many people are in this camp of struggle and woe is me? And how many are saying, gosh, it's a great time of opportunity? Well, I, I think people in, or, or realtors also need to shift from, you know, focusing on the market to kind of creating more opportunities for themselves as well, right? So we're seeing investors, um, you know, get really excited about, you know, what's happening out there in the market. Um, and, and the residential clients are struggling just because they're getting bombarded with so much negativity from the media. Right. So I, I think as realtors, you also have to be leaders um, and with, with those conversations with your clients and you have to be the beacon of positive news and, and, and opportunities as, as well. Right. So I think the conversation needs to change and the realtors that have embraced that are seeing, you know, exponentially more success. And, the ones and those, that those that are investors, right? So this comes back to what we were talking about earlier, sharing your humanity, telling the truth about what, what you're doing in your life, not just the negatives, but the positives. So until a realtor themselves has their first investment property or is running an Airbnb or has put in uh, you know, a little uh, unit at home or has overcome a permit issue, they don't have those stories to tell. And a, 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 an unbusy season is a great time to do your own projects and help your cash flow with what you're creating in your own little real estate empire. Then run a workshop for clients who want to do that too. And when they're ready, they see you as not just the person to do their paperwork. They mm -hmm. see you as like them. They, under, they know that you'll understand those investment challenges and what it's like to property manage or to hire people and you can share resources. So that to me, when I'm looking at the thousands of realtors I know, the ones that my mind is going to cherry pick and go to, they have multiple investment properties. They know what it takes. They have all the contacts. They have all the trades. Even if they weren't doing a lot of sales right now, they were adding to their doors. They were building yep. to their uh, retirement future and they can help clients do the same. So I think you have to stay interesting in your own personal investment profile to stand out a little bit. What are you, are you noticing that as well? Is that helping agents? Well, listen, on a, on a personal level, I'm doing four rental projects right now as we speak. 
Perfect. <laughs> Including a duplex conversion in Barry that's uh, ninety percent completed on, uh, uh, well, almost on budget, but more importantly on the time budget, which uh, you know we're very very proud of as well. So, um, you know, there's definitely opportunities out there, right? And the real when, when that's a workshop. So when you're looking at a buyer who can't afford today's mortgage rates without a duplex neighbor that's paying most of the mortgage, you've changed the game for them. When you've done it personally, you're willing to be really vulnerable and share the bloopers, what went well, what didn't go well. You do the workshop, you invite agents and buyers to that, and now you can create an opportunity for people that otherwise couldn't afford the market right now. You can create different niches for agents to be able to help the uh, the income stream properties. And it's exciting because when you're doing it, if you're talking about that in the office, if you're posting about that, you're naturally going to attract a new clientele that wants that too. And they don't just want a realtor to sell them the property. They want to work with a realtor who's run a duplex and understands all the intricacies and the nuances and, and the headaches and the blessings. Um, so I'm excited. I want to hear more about your projects. <laughs> My problem is like, I, I hate, I, I almost never post on social media myself personally, because um, I, I just can't get over this mentality of not wanting to brag. I, I, I can't do it. I, I can't post about, you know. My... Okay, let, let's let's fix that right now. Here's a <laughs> mantra uh, that I had to make peace with a long time ago because I, I, I used to want to just give everything away for free and help everyone because that's my heart. And my mantra was, when I spare you the cost of my services, I cost you your transformation. So doing sales isn't about asking for money or bothering people. It's about giving them the gift of change. And in your case, when I don't share my stories with you, I cost you inspiration for you to have your own real estate dream come true. It's not about bragging. It's about being so authentic to say, here's what it took. Here's how hard it was to get approved. Here's how many GCs we had to hire. And now we're finally, we, we, we've broken even. We've made our first positive cash flow. And I'm gonna teach you step-by-step step how to do this. I want you to have this too. You're not posting from a look at my Ferrari in your face message, David, you're posting from a, I did it so I can teach a lot of you how to do it. And if you wanna know the real truth of what it takes, gosh, let me just show you. I kept good notes. I'll tell you everything you need to know. So it's not braggadocious to show people the good in your life if you're gonna teach them how to have more good in their life. It's actually necessary to show people what's possible by demonstrating that you did it. You've got a, a little one, your family guy, you run a brokerage, you're busy, you did it in the middle of COVID. And if you can do it as a business owner, single income person, that's teaching people possibility. So it's not about bragging, it's about inspiring. And when you create a post, it could just come from that place. I'm doing this to inspire you, not to show off. It sounds good. I, I like the whole concept of me not sharing is costing somebody else the success and the possibility, right? I, I think that's a concept I can really get behind for sure. People want to know what's possible. I mean, my mortgage payment is up $1,000 since last year, $954. Somebody who's about to come into the market wants to know how can they afford that extra $1,000. If you show them your secret, that's not bragging. That's being generous. That's saying, I have cleared a path. I'm going to show you the route. I'm going to help you. I'll even introduce you to the same people that helped me do mine. Let's help you do yours. And, and, and this comes down to being successful in real estate too. It's what is our intention? So when an agent is struggling, their intention is make money and pay bills. And people can feel that energy. So we have to shift our intention if we want to be successful. And that intention is how many other people can I help to get what they want? And of course, there's a paycheck that comes after that helps you and your family get what you want. But when we're in struggle and we're in lack about money, our goals all become about making it, not about serving people. Agents that do phenomenally well, they're in service. They service first, income next. And the income flows, of course. Yeah, it comes by itself, right? When you focus on the service, you don't have, actually have to think about the money because um, the money will always come if, if you do the right things and, and if you lead properly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. David, this is why I love doing this podcast. 
you know, I, I love hearing things like from an expert like Haley on on this stuff because I just find it so inspiring. And some of it, you know, it teaches you something. Some of it reinforces why we're doing certain things and that we're doing the right way, maybe. And and I, I'm just, you know, I just find myself just standing here nodding, 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 nodding. <laughs> Me too. You know, like just with your comment, David. Like you know, I'm sort of like you with social media. Like like I just never want to use it to say, oh, I was at this restaurant or I bought this or I attended this. I I don't like it. And I don't like when other people do that, but what we are prepared at least what i'm pre always prepared to do is is to put out blogs or to say i'm going to be speaking at an event or so that people will attend or people will read something or here's our podcast tune in it's going to be we got Haley coming on it's going to be like some it's providing a service and an opportunity to others to help educate and raise the bar and that's what we started doing with this with with this podcast so i'm comfortable with social media for that point of view but not here's my fancy new this or that or I you know, I went Just to a place and you weren't there. What? The perspective to like same as David Gorski's comment around not wanting to brag about his projects. Shift the perspective to inspire. So if right. it's I often work sixteen hour days, but family's important. Lunch with my beautiful wife is important, and work life mm -hmm. balance is important. And so yeah. I'm sharing this meal pick with you to let you know that. I schedule in all the things, not mm -hmm. just the money making and the client serving, but connecting mm -hmm. with the people that matter. Grateful to XYZ restaurant for the delicious food, but more importantly, to my team that makes this possible, to good scheduling, to having goals and promises, and to not being just a workaholic. And then you make some engagement around what are you doing this week to create work-life balance? Wow. You can show showy yeah. things from a place of inspiring them and teaching them. And I was hoping, can we give a couple tips to any of your agent listeners on how they could create a little bit more success right now? Absolutely. Let's do it. Okay. The 24-hour day is common knowledge. It's less common to know about the 168-hour week. And folks that are successful in real estate and other industries, they are optimizing their 168-hour week. They schedule for almost everything. We have to be so careful with our time. So I also don't do a lot on social media because we have to be very careful how much time we spend or waste there. So winning your 168 hour week looks like working it backwards. You start with 168 at the top of a sheet of paper and then give your hours to the things that matter and see what you have left and you will be shocked. Successful people plan not just work. They plan in time to take care of their vessel in here and their whole the rest of their body they plan time to take care of their relationships because nothing is harder to focus at work when you're living in a toxic relationship or a toxic mindset they plan time for joy in their life so that they do have stories to share they plan work of course but they have boundaries the second thing is there are questions we can ask ourselves when we're not doing as well as we want to it's natural to be frustrated or pissed off or annoyed when things aren't going your way at work. And so here's the five questions. Number one, how is it now? And you can complain when you make that answer. Number two, how would you rather it be? If you're not making the money you want, what do you want to be making? What kind of clients do you want to be serving? Question three, what can you do about it? Question four, what are you willing to do about it? And question five, what will you do about it today? And how are you going to behave about it today? And the most successful people that I know, they don't just do things and make schedule entries. They bring an energy with them when they do it. The energy of being either integrous, committed, brave, of service, kind, unbreakable, unshakable. When we match our actions with a state of being, just adds so much more power to that. And lastly, the success, most successful agents that I know, I'm going to read you a list of attributes that I notice in, in these individuals. Accountable, integrous, organized. They have work-life balance. They don't brag about it. They teach it. They are emotionally well. And I don't mean the absence of diagnoses. I mean that whatever they've got, they treat it well and they get the right support for it. They have an AM and PM routine, so they have a sleep schedule, evening and morning rituals. Their relationship to substances, food, and movement is respectable. 
They attune to the needs of the people around them and their own body. They make promises instead of goals. They optimize their 168 hours. They schedule almost everything and they are vulnerable and they are brave. They don't pretend things are fine when they're not. They let you know who they really are and how they've really overcome things so that you can, can too. And they make a lot of money, but money is not their number one goal. It's a byproduct of the things that are more important and the way that they super serve their clients, their communities, that translates to incredible incomes for them as well. But those are some of the things I noticed that successful agents are doing more so than those that aren't. You know, Haley, I hope that uh, the whole industry gets to listen to this uh, to this podcast because I think... Um, you know, your energy, your happiness, your mental well-being is so important when it comes to sales, right? And it's so important when it comes to relationship building. And at the end of the day, that's really the industry that that we're we are in. We're we're in the service industry, right? And and we build relationships. We build relationships with other agents, with other professionals. We build relationships with with lawyers and with property inspectors. And most importantly, we build relationships with our clients. It's so important. Yeah. And we're not saying, you know, none of the three of us are saying you can't have challenges. What I'm saying as a mental health professional is with whatever challenges we have, and we all have some, that we do all that we can about them and in support of wellness. It is perfectly fine to be a professional, a very successful professional, and be living with anxiety, depression, uh, chronic pain, neurodiversities. What isn't fine is to have those challenges and not seek support, not seek to get better, not use the tools that help you. It would be like uh, needing glasses and not wearing them or being diabetic and not taking care of your sugars. And so we need to be as responsible about triaging and treating our emotional health um, challenges and our neurodiversities as we would about our physical health. And that's when it's very respectful to share those stories. Clients love to know. Uh, I mean, many real estate clients have a family member who's dealing with anxiety or depression. If they know that their agent thrives and has overcome that, that's a huge point of respect. These things show our strength, not our weaknesses. And thankfully, we live in a time where vulnerability shows strength and no longer weakness because we need more of that. Um, but David, you said relationships, and it just reminded me of some things I had put down earlier. Successful realtors, I have noticed, learn the love language of their clients. People like to know that they're cared about. But some people prefer words. So a card, a text message, or a phone call is really meaningful to that client. Some people prefer gifts, and that's easy to do. You know, you can send, send a, a, a treat. Some people prefer quality time. They don't want the card. They don't want the thing in the box. They, they want to meet you for coffee. They want to have a chat with you. Some people prefer an act of service. So maybe you've bought them a cleaning service for their house. And some people prefer touch. And there is a way to gift touch appropriately that might look like giving a gift certificate to uh, a massage that might look like creating a fun physical experience or outing for them. But the more we know about our clients and our team and our colleagues love languages, the easier it is to help people fill their cup. When someone's got a full cup, they like hanging around with you. And if they like having, hanging around with you, they probably like referring you or doing business with you. And there's little nuances to how we can be better at fostering those relationships. Uh, but the love languages is one that can help for sure. Haley, you should write a book about this. She did. <laughs> I, I know. I'm just joking because I know about it. I just wanted to plug it a little bit. <laughs> uh, David, you're sweet. And all your listeners get a free digital copy because I really believe nothing about our life is bragging. Everything can be for inspiring and teaching. And anything that's worked for me or my clients, I want to share with anyone who wants that for themselves. So um, your listeners can actually reach out. They can send me a text message to my real phone number and the real person, me, will write them back. Uh, they can have the PDF version for free. And if someone that's listening to this is struggling, you know, whether it is with your personal well-being, your relationship, your confidence with work, I love to give a 30-minute free session. It isn't a sales meeting. It isn't a strategy call. It is a real proper coaching session just to help you get unstuck. Sometimes we're just one conversation away, one action item away 
moving one little block aside from changing how your story's going to go for this quarter, this year, for your life. And, and I feel like it's our obligation. Spider-Man said, with great power comes great responsibility. And when we know how to live a good life, which we only figure out after going through a lot of challenges, you know, it's part of my responsibility to help other people have a good life too. Haley, just to segue uh, with that just a little bit, as leaders, I mean, both David Corman and I, you know, have have very successful companies and we have a large staff, but what can we do as leaders to foster a better environment in the workplace and 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 be more attuned to, you know, some of the mental health challenges that that we see? It's such a great question and an important one. The first thing is, is to balance your caring for their, who they are at work, who they are as an individual, and what family group or family challenges they're a part of. And how we do that is we balance our workshops and our corporate training to reflect their personhood. So if every workshop is around sales, scheduling, prospecting, then that sends a message. What you care about in me is how much money I make here. When we balance the workshops with the other things you care about, mental health, time management, scheduling, fitness, <laughs> um, stretching and, and, and movement, healthy relationships, work-life balance. If we start to bring in trainers for that, workshops for that. You're demonstrating that you care about who they are when they're working and who they are when they're not. Um, so that, that's a nonverbal way to do it is have it be proven in what your corporate calendar looks like. Because most companies that I go into, 98, 99, or 100% of the trainings and the trainers they bring in, it's about making money. And the team knows that's what you care about in me is what my sales are here. Second thing is shift the conversations by making it safe. And how we make it safe that it's okay to be vulnerable is we start with us. Mm. So you would come in and you would tell your story of, here's what my family dynamic looks like. Here's some of what I went through to get here. Here's some of the things you can actually come and talk to me about because I remember and I understand. Here is what our, uh, you know, what we have access to. In a brokerage, we don't have an employee assistance program. Maybe you have a list of trusted helpers, whether they're physiotherapists, therapists, coaches, mentors, nutritionists. If we start making it in the dialogue, people know it's important. And I would say, David, the biggest one is have mentor cred mentor credibility, be that 360 degree leader that you can tell stories about how you do work-life balance, how you do fatherhood, how you treat your body around substances, food, and movement. What are your morning and evening rituals? What do you do around the holidays to give back? The more true stories you can come in and share with your team, you're demonstrating if you're a 360 degree leader, you're gonna cause a more rounded, a well-rounded staff. You're going to be able to have those dialogues. And when you meet with your team, don't just ask them about their sales goals or their real estate goals. Ask them about the three. What do you want here at the brokerage? What do you want for yourself in life? And what's your purpose? You know, what's your bigger why? What's that vision? Just asking a simple question lets them know you care and take very good notes. So the next time you have a meeting with them, read your notes for 30 seconds. They'll feel like you remembered everything. And when your team feels special, when they feel remembered, when they feel not invisible, when they feel seen and when they feel heard, it changes that feeling of, wow, I work at a place that actually wants me to have a weekend. They actually want me to have some time off. I work at a place where it's safe enough to say, my friend, you seem to be struggling. Here's the name of my therapist or my coach. I'll buy you a session. Heck, I'll buy you three. You matter to me and I see you, you're, You've not been looking like yourself lately. Um, so we we just up the game on making it obvious that we care about those things. And so many companies don't. You know, they have a wellness week once a year and the rest of the time they talk about making money. So people know. They know what you yeah. care about and they know what yeah. you don't. <laughs> Haley, one thing I struggle with as a as a business owner is is the privacy issue mm. that that like we're not allowed to ask certain questions, certain personal questions about people you know no, you, but you're allowed to tell david and the best right way i'm allowed to, to ask, tell but i'm not allowed to ask the best way to ask is not to by telling and saying hey i don't know if this is relatable for anyone else here i just want to share one of my grandsons was dealing with 
ADHD. We read this great book. We went to this great coach. He's doing amazing right now. In case any of you know someone that needs that information, I just wanted to share. We overcame a personal struggle and I wanted to share those resources. People will come and tell you. You will never have to ask if you've told. They will come to you and say, gosh, me too. In fact, that's why I've been struggling lately. My kid is having a really hard time or my husband or my wife is having a really hard time. So it starts by being brave and generous in our own sharing, showing your own humanity, your colleagues, your clients, your staff, uh, your clients, they will naturally rise up and say me too. But it starts with us being the first to be brave. And the reason we don't share things that we want to keep private is when we still feel embarrassed of them. There is nothing to be embarrassed of if you're taking steps to overcome it. Shame and embarrassment only exist when we have a problem we are not taking action with. And that's a necessary step before you tell anyone at work what you're going through is be proud of an action you're taking. It's not sexy to come into work and say, I have this problem. But if you come in and say, hey, I have this problem. Here's who I'm speaking to. Here's what I'm reading. Here's what I'm doing about it. Maybe this can help somebody else. Now we take shame and embarrassment away and we insert pride, empowerment, inspiration, and that's catchy. And so I, I love that we're you know, at this place right now where both of you work in industries where there's the potential to make a lot of money, but we have to help protect people's mental health, work-life balance, physical health, their emotional well-being, because none of us are any good to anyone if we are in a, a complete cognitive overwhelm, um, having a major mental health episode or having a major physical health episode. So we got to take care of ourselves if we want to keep serving. 100%. Haley, uh, this has been amazing. Thank you so much for joining us today. I, I know David Corman and I probably have a million more questions for you. We could probably keep going uh, for another couple hours, probably. I can't believe an hour passed. It feels like we just started, but uh, um, I would encourage all our listeners to please reach out to Haley because your mental um, well-being, your health is is so important uh, and so instrumental in all aspects of life. And uh, uh, Haley's really good at what she does. So please, if if you are, um, you know, if you need to talk to somebody, please reach out to Haley and uh, you're going to really enjoy your time. With Thanks, David. And let's prove our example of if you tell, you won't have to ask. You know, as we're at the end here, I, I'll do a really quick TMI telling of some of the things that I've overcome. So just in case one of your listeners, one of your staff members, one of your agents, uh, one of the people that's dear to you is going through one of these things, they don't have to feel alone and like no one would get it. Why I do this work and why I love to come on shows like yours and, and help and tell the truth is it's not that hard to live a great life when you have the skills and the steps. I overcame eight years of childhood depression and anorexia from the age of eight to 16 and two suicide attempts at the age of 16. So I understand when people get really low because I remember. I also survived a violent knife point attack that led to cervical cancer and many reconstructive and reproductive surgeries when I was 17. And I took a very bruised sense of self-worth and self-confidence up into my first marriage and I left that marriage for my safety and my son's safety when he was just a baby. So I know a thing or two about reinventing our lives, reinventing ourselves, taking our power back. And I'm 43 now, but I didn't really get it until I was 30 that you have to have a self-worth that's a 10 if you wanna have a life that's a 10. And today after doing the same steps that I help clients and others with, now I get to be happily married with three incredible boys and serve clients all over the world and millions of audience members. But this wasn't by accident, it was by design. And if anyone listening is wondering, can you go through hard things and still have a great life? Yes. Can you have a great life while going through hard things? Yes, also. And if you feel like there isn't someone that would understand what you're going through or your partner or your kids um, or the variety of it, you know, I, I only tell my story not because mine matters, I really want your listeners to know we can still wake up in the morning with a smile. We can go out and do incredible service. We can help a lot of people. We do have to help take care of ourselves first. That is the first step. You got to get yourself okay. And, and there's a handful of skills that make that possible. So yes, really and truly, please do reach out if, if you need support. And if you aren't making the money that you want to make right now, always remember your self-worth connects to your net worth and your past has a lot to do with your self-worth. 
so does what you put on your schedule today and tomorrow. So I'm really grateful to both of you for having me on. And yeah, let's have some generous sharing. And then we didn't ask the question, but people will reach out to you later and they'll have their Me Too stories. And, and that's the best way to start the ball. Talk about you first. And people will come and say, didn't know that about you. Now it's safe for me to tell you that. If you tell someone you've had a bad year, they'll tell you more when they're having a bad year. If you tell someone you went through uh, bankruptcy or financial challenge or whatever you went through, people in your team will come up and say, my goodness, I didn't know that about you. I'm going through that too. Can you help me? So if you remember only one thing from today, friends, be open. It's a sign of strength. Take care of yourself. And when you're doing well, figure out why. So when you're not doing well, you go back and repeat those things again. But thank you both so much for having me on today. Thanks, Haley. Fabulous message. I got to, as soon as we finish this, I got to go back and listen to it again. <laughs> <laughs> Haley, thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. This is, this is amazing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Wishing you both an incredible 2023. Don't just set resolutions and goals, turn them into promises and then go share them with your team. Yeah. And uh, maybe we'll hang out at the office and do some goals. I wish you an incredible day and we'll talk real soon. Thank you, Haley. Thank you. Bye for now.